You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Hey, lead liners. This is India Wilkinson. As a fellow equestrian entrepreneur, I love listening to the lead line podcast and learning new ways to help me grow my business, Main Street Market. Main Street Market is a free app and website that markets sales horses and equine services to your potential customers. I'm also super excited to announce the recent launch of our sister company, Main Street Auctions, where we host an online sport horse auction every other month. So I'd love for you to learn more. Visit the link in the show notes to download the free Main Street Market app today or check out our website at MainStreetMarket.com and that's M-A-N-E StreetMarket.com. Welcome to the Leadline Podcast, the show where we believe that running your own horse business should feel less like a chore and more like the life you've always dreamed of. Join us as we share valuable advice on how to become more focused, more organized, and more profitable in your horse business. And now, here's your host, Mandy Flanders. Hey, it's Mandy, and welcome to the Leadline Podcast. Today, we're chatting with an entrepreneur who is here to say, if it scares you, do it anyway. Meet Ann Dolan, founder of The Infused Equestrian, a line of toxin-free equine grooming and equestrian products. Ann joins me on the show to talk about how she's had to overcome the anxiety that can come with treading forward into the unknown, as many entrepreneurs often do, and why it's always been worth it for her in the end. She also gives us a behind-the-scenes look into her ambassador program, one of those unknowns that she was originally skeptical about, but later grew into so much more than she ever could have expected. All that and more in today's episode. Here's Ann Dolan. Hi, Ann. Welcome to the podcast today. It's so great to have you here. Hello. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, Well, I'm trying to remember, I was thinking about it today before we jumped on our recording, but I'm trying to remember how we first met. And I, we haven't met in person yet. I'll, I'll just say that we haven't met in person, but we met online, I think through the Leadline community or maybe one of the virtual networking events. I think it was a combo of both. I think it was the community first. And then I joined the networking Zoom and yeah, just kind of split in for a little while and then things got busy and and so here I am again. So that's great. <laughs> oh, well, I've been wanting to talk with you more ever since you first started showing up to the Zoom meetups. I've wanted to hear more about your business. And I know that you are doing great things at the Infused Equestrian. And I love your product. I love what you stand for. And when you were interested in being on the show, I was like, yes, we're going to do this. <laughs> so thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. And same to you. I mean, the brand uh, build has been amazing to watch. And so kind of fangirling a little bit, but it's all good. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. (laughs) Well, so let's talk a little bit about the infused equestrian. So just give me the quick once over, what do you do with the infused equestrian? So um, we're seven years old. I feel like we're still a baby and we have a full product line of horse and equestrian rider, human. I mean, you don't have to be a rider to use some of the products for wellness. So uh, most of the products are for the horse. And each one of our products is infused with essential oils, you know, from fly spray to bit wipes to our bestseller noggin. Each one of them doesn't have any toxins in them purposefully, right? And it all started at a very unfortunate event, actually, that happened way before we started the company. And that was, you know, barn, beautiful barn doors opened, just picture, you know, 
small little mare pony and me helping the little girl daughter, you know, tack up her pony and a brand, a commercial brand of fly spray caught the wind and then flew into my face and I had a crazy reaction to it. So I started gagging and tearing up in my eyes and I had already been using essential oils at home. And so I was mad, actually. I was like, this is dumb. (laughs) There's got to be a better way. So I went home and I have a friend who's a scientist and I called her and we kind of R&D'd our fly spray for a couple of months. And I brought it out and it worked. Finally, the, the final product worked. And that's our SWAT today. And I haven't changed the recipe. I don't plan to. It works well. So that's kind of how it all started. And then, you know, the line just kind of grew from people asking for certain things. My daughter, who is the equestrian in the family, asking for certain things. And uh, here we are. I almost can't taste the fly spray. Is that weird? (laughs) When you said it flew into your mouth, I was like, oh, why can I taste that right now? Because that happens, especially when it's breezy and you're spraying your horse, you are basically like eating the fly spray. Like, who are we kidding? (laughs) It was not a good situation for me. And, and it was kind of that aha moment of what if this flew into our pony's eyes, right? It just really seemed counterintuitive to me. And then there was, there was a year where nothing worked, right? No commercial fly spray was working to kill anything. Flies, mosquitoes, gnats, noceums. And that kind of perpetuated my need for something that would work on everything. And that's what SWAT does. So how long did it take you to come up with a product that actually worked? And I ask this because I've seen a lot of different, you know, quote unquote, natural fly sprays out there. And I've heard, you know, feed your horse this or do this. And a lot of that stuff doesn't even work. So where did you start and how long did that take you? So I started with probably four essential oils, some other base oils. I had a witch hazel in our first rendition. And I I would say that it took for the first product that did not work, it took three months. To the final product, it took about five months. And I say the first product because I went and tweaked. I went home and and talked with my friend and tweaked a lot of, of different things. You know, I upped an amount of this oil or reduced an amount of that oil. And then I had to make sure that it was USEF and FEI safe as well. And so once we had that perfected, we had by that point moved on from the pony to a horse. And our poor horse, we went out one day, I took two bottles and I sprayed one entire bottle on him. He was so petrified of the spray, right? And he was in his stall. We kept him in there for a few hours. And then I went back maybe three hours later and emptied the second bottle spraying it on him and then let it sit for a few hours. And then we had a vet come out. And the vet drew blood um, from our horse and did a panel that is almost, because they won't tell you what, what they panel, right? Yousef won't tell you. Almost exactly what they panel when they random drug test. And so we have a certificate that says everything came back clean. So from the moment I made the first batch to the drug test was probably eight months. That's pretty quick to turn that around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your yeah. horse was like, woman, why am I your test subject? 
literally <laughs> angry as all. I kept on up. I'm spraying and apologizing, spraying and apologizing. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, after the the vet left, we're like, "Go outside, have fun. We're so sorry." <laughs> <laughs> well, it all worked out in the end. <laughs> yeah, it did. It ended up working out, and I'm sure he doesn't remember. So it's all good. <laughs> well, I know that you are passionate about one topic, and that is doing things scared as an entrepreneur, you know, in the equestrian industry. So tell me a little bit about how you got the business started beyond the testing on, on your poor horse. <laughs> when you started really getting out there and realizing you had a product that worked, what were some of the things that scared you in the beginning when it came to starting your business? So much. I mean, just putting it out there. I'm an anxious person to begin with, right? And So doing this, doing something that was unfamiliar to me, produced a lot of anxiety. And I have a background in marketing and advertising, and and so does my husband, who's my partner. And we combined our knowledge over a Christmas break. And we're, you know, you don't work, the advertising agencies pretty much call off for like a good month. And so then we decided at that time that we were going to name the company. And when we named the company, that's when we thought, okay, well, this might become something larger than we thought if we're naming it. And we were very intentional with naming the company. And we had SWAT, uh, the fly spray, and we had one of our rider roll-ons at the end gate. Those were our first two products. And they require a lot of education. And so my first mission was to educate. And I love to educate. And so that's what we ran with. But there was a lot of anxiety, you know, surrounding that because we were a newcomer. We had to really break through and step out of the norm. What people are used to using, what people are familiar with using, people are loyal to their brands. And we, as marketing people, we, we got that. We understood that. And so we had to break out of that mold. And so that, that actually required us to do the same. So instead of holding back and saying, Oh, we can't do this, or it's not the right time to do this, or it doesn't feel right. We don't have XXX all lined up. We just had to jump in and do it and do it scared and do it without a whole lot of knowledge on how it was going to turn out in the end. But we were very intentional, right, about what our short-term and long-term goals were going to be. And each time we reach one of those goals, we have to look at the next one and and think, okay, well, I don't know how exactly this is going to turn out, but we're going to do it anyway. And we're going to do it. And we might be freaked out. (laughs) And we do it. (laughs) And sometimes we're freaked out. And then sometimes we're like, wow, that worked out really well. Let's tweak it and do it better. Did you have any moments where you did some of those things that scared you and it did not work out? A hundred percent. And and you know what? It's interesting because it's not a saying that I, I so love, but it's something that my, that my husband slash partner has said to our equestrian daughter many times. When you don't get what you want, you get experience. And for me, there's a lesson in even the worst scenarios, even if it turns out sideways and you lose money or you don't get an ROI or you don't have something turn out the way that you want, finding the silver lining in that is key. 
And and the reason being is because if you don't find the silver lining, then you're just going to become more paranoid and more scared to do something that is uncomfortable again. You you have to find those little nuggets where you're like, okay, that's great. And and we have we've had those moments where we're like, wow, that was not a good idea, but we learned this or we made that connection with that person. And that's what we have to focus on. Absolutely. Can you take me through maybe an example or two of some of the things that did not go as expected? And I ask you this because I think, especially on social media these days, everything always looks like rainbows and butterflies. And when you see a business on the outside that's so pretty and nicely packaged, and yours is very nicely packaged, I will say, when you see these great brands, you don't see the things that you know, that business owner went through. So what are some examples so we can make other people feel better? Some stuff that might have happened just along the way to you guys. I think the first thing that comes to mind is when we when we launched our hoof conditioner, right? Even now, I'm very deliberate with having everything USA-based, right? And that's just the way that we run the business. And I like to get things from the US. And so I had found a hoof conditioner container that I loved, but it was really expensive for us at the time. And I didn't want to pass that on to our consumers. I didn't want to pass that cost on to the consumers and I didn't want to raise our price. So we settled on, and if you look way back in our Instagram, you might see it. If I haven't deleted it, I can't recall. This God awful tin can, right? Of hoof conditioner. And it had like a little cap on the inside and then a screw top. The cap on the inside, you couldn't get off. <laughs> Once it was in, like I had, I can't even tell you how many people reached out to me and said, I can't get it off. How do I get this off? How do I open this container? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and, and I was like, take needle nose pliers. And I mean, uh, I even had somebody from our barn contact me and say, I can't open it. What do I do? And I mean, I was troubleshooting everything. I mean, short of putting a hole in the darn can. And so um, lesson learned, right? Even if it's going to cost a little bit more money, and it's easier for you to use and for the consumer to use, go with it. Because even when I look at it aesthetically, I'm like, that is not on brand. You know, we like the clear, you know, containers and this was, you know, it was metal. And so that was a big, wow, that was really dumb moment for us because we didn't want it to leak, but yet nobody could open it. <laughs> well, well, you accomplished the main goal, but then you had another problem on your hands. <laughs> Absolutely. And the applicator was just like this cotton little poof. It just overall, not a good move. So how long before you pulled it off your sales page? Not even a year. And I do believe that it was in a subscription box as well. So that made it even more interesting. <laughs> oh, it's so funny to look back at some of the things we do early on in the early days and go, oh, cringe, but I'm so glad I've moved on from that. A hundred percent. And we've changed the container packaging along the way to just kind of fit the need better and more aesthetically pleasing and easier to use. And it's worked out, but that was, that was probably a big, like, wow, lesson learned. And, you know, and, and then little things along the way, so, you know, social media, oops, you know, shouldn't have posted that 
or should have, you know, done more stories and, you know, just little things that you learn along the way, you know, you just, you have to learn. I mean, really, it's all about just learning what works and what doesn't and not getting hung up on the stuff that doesn't work. I think it gives us a thicker skin as we go along too. It makes you braver. It makes you more confident in what you're doing. And you really have to make those mistakes and not be afraid of them. We all learn from making mistakes. You know, I always said, you know, when I was younger, you know, if you have a bad breakup or, you know, even if you have a bad relationship, you know, a personal relationship with somebody and then things don't work out, if you haven't learned something from that relationship, then it really wasn't worth it. And I apply that to business as well. You know, there are connections that I have made that didn't work out as planned or, you know, situations where I walk away and I'm like, wow, that didn't work out. And that's okay. Because, you know, and I hate the saying, but a door closes, a window opens. And I found that a hundred percent to be true. You just have to have the open mind to know that everything's going to be okay in the end. It really will. And no matter what, what you do, you just, you just really just got to do it. Now, I know that you also have another program as, as part of your business that you utilize to promote your products. And I'd love to dig into that here for a few minutes too. And that is your ambassador program. Tell me a little bit about what ambassadors do in your business and how they help you promote. So when we, we have about 13 of the top junior writers in the country and it's, ranged from seven to 13 throughout the last two years. And when we first started this program, it was my daughter's idea. And she said, you know, we should really do this. And I said, I am not babysitting. I am not, I'm not going to do this. And she said, I really think that you should. And she said, I'll help you. And I said, fine, we'll give it a go. We'll try. And so what I did was I looked into the riders that were competing at the A-level at NHS and, you know, the national horse shows, the junior riders. And I looked at their Instagram and then I texted them and said, Hey, I've got this program. Would you be interested? And some of them got back to me and some of them didn't. And then I had them fill out a Google form. Then my daughter and I interviewed them on Zoom. Some of these girls, it was the first time they had ever had an interview. So some were super nervous. Some uh, were calling from horse shows. (laughs) Uh, Some had parents in the room, which was great. And we just went through and asked a bunch of different questions. And so the end result was, I think we started two years ago, we started with seven. And we needed them with their robust followers and Instagram presence to promote the brand But our ambassador program is unique in that we do not give um, discount codes to them. I feel as though, especially since we've opened up our retailer, um, like our wholesale program, that it undercuts my retailers. And so I want to stay true to them. And so we don't offer codes and they have to attend one Zoom. So it's once a month, we have a Zoom collective meeting that they need to attend where they learn the backside of a women-owned business. So those are the two things that I need them to do. And then also, of course, you know, share everything on social media. And in, then in return, they get free product from me. Some of my ambassadors are, are ambassadors for other brands as well, which I'm totally cool with. I'm totally okay with that. 
And actually, I, I prefer it because then they get a really great look at how other brands are being run as well. And so it gives them a robust resume for when, you know, they, they want to apply for college or, you know, need a, a scholarship or anything like that. And so they are able to see what it's like from the back end. And we really enjoy learning about each other. And I really appreciate how they promote the brand. I love that you hold them accountable, though, through those Zoom meetings. One thing that I have witnessed just on social media in seeing other brands that do ambassador programs and then seeing the ambassadors themselves is it seems like a lot of small businesses jump into the thought of having ambassadors. And then they're like, here, let me send you all this product. And then nothing happens. So tell me a little bit about what you dive into in those Zoom meetings and why those are so important. So our first or second round of applications when they came in, a, a girl, Maddie, filled out the application. And I'm telling you about her because she is an important part of the program. She's a freshman at TCU. She's a business entrepreneur major. And she is essentially the lead ambassador and my assistant. She's based out of Connecticut. And she helped me and still continues to help me run this program. Without her, I mean, she's a huge part of this program. And so what we talk about is she goes ahead and, and does the agenda with my guidance. And the first 15 minutes is about what's going on in their life. Uh, school, riding, any challenges that they're facing and where they're going to be at their next horse show. Now, I do have one or two girls on the team that don't horse show extensively. So I want to hear where they're at with their horse, whether they're showing locally, whether they're you know, coming back from rehab, whether, you know, they're looking for a horse or they're catch riding. I want to hear about what's going on in their life. And then we spend probably the next 15 to 20 minutes about challenges that I face as a business owner and victories that I face as a, as a business owner. So what's coming up, what collaborations we have, who we're partnering with, what giveaways we're doing that they need to share what horse shows or events I'm going to be at for the next couple of months and where I can meet up with them and see them in person. Some of them I've never met in person. Some of them I have. And so we usually end, you're going to like this. So we usually end the Zoom just with a brainstorm dump. A lot of the times I need to go, I need to go to a meeting or I need to get somewhere or I've got another call scheduled. And Maddie will even ding up my phone and say, wrap it up. And the girls just keep going. Hey, what about this? Hey, what about that? I'm going to be here. Do you mind if I do that? Let's do the mini microphone when I'm at WEF. You know, just all these ideas come flooding out of their brains. And Maddie and I are taking notes like crazy and we can't keep up. One of the things that actually just came out of our last Zoom meeting was we were so slap happy. Now, I don't know what was going on with us. Was it a full moon? I have no idea. But we were goofy as all get out. And we decided that one of our little stories or one of our posts coming up, once we have enough content, is we're going to clip bloopers from our Zoom call. Because, I mean, we were like, did you see Brian Mowgray's Instagram? And did you see so-and-so? And, you know, I mean, it was goofy. We were just being ridiculous. And so it, it made great comedy. And, and, you know, we come up with the best ideas and just being, you know, together and being goofy with each other. So I can't wait to see that because I was just going to say I would love to be a fly on the wall in those meetings because they sound so fun. So 
if you post that, I am so excited to see an inside look of how that unfolds. It's a lot of fun. And out of you know the last two years, we have three people that are in college business majors. And then we have one girl who has started her own company, her own belt company. So um, and she calls me for for business, you know, ideas. And so having that kind of and I've written recommendation letters and just having that kind of community and they have like a whole apparently they have a whole Snapchat chat going. I'm not part of it. I don't know. But, you know, building that kind of community with these girls who support each other. You know, we've unfortunately had a few um, horse deaths, you know, and being there for each other has really fostered a community that I I never I mean, all I, I just didn't want to babysit. <laughs> that's, that's all I expected out of this, right? And it just grew and everybody's appreciative. And if somebody is slacking, I will reach out to them. And my first concern is, is everything okay? You know, what's going on? Is everything okay? Do you need anything? You know, what can I do? I love that you're also managing this with a business approach. Like you do the rest of your business. And that's where I have seen a lot of other small business owners fall short in their ambassador programs. I've been part of a couple as an ambassador. And I can tell you my personal experience with the two times I've done it, I think it's been two, is that both times they're like, oh, hey, yeah, you have a really cool Insta. Here's the product. And so I'll post once and then I'm like, okay, what's next? And then it's just crickets. And then eventually they just turn over a new group of ambassadors. But I'm like, listen, I was in it. I was ready to post but you didn't give me anything. <laughs> so that was my experience the two times I've done it. And then I stopped doing it because I was like, I don't really understand what the purpose is here because you clearly don't have a plan. And it's important for us to have a plan because I don't want the girls to feel that way. But conversely, I don't want them, you know, those that are in college to feel as though this is something else that is on their plate. I have always said, and I, I say it almost in every Zoom, that Education comes first, writing comes second, and this comes third. But it takes three minutes, if that, to go and snap a picture or do a goofy video and post it to your Instagram. It's not a lot of effort. And I want it to be real. You know, I want the floor to be dirty. I want you to be dirty. You are a real person. And it doesn't need to be Instagram, quote unquote, worthy because nobody is, in my opinion, Instagram perfect, right? And it doesn't need to be that way. I don't want it that way. I don't want the brand to look like that. So I want this to be real girls with real challenges, looking for solutions, you know, that are really going to help their horses and, and themselves in the end. How has this impacted your business now that you have ambassadors promoting for you? Have you seen an uptick in sales as a result? I have. I have seen an uptick. I keep the, I'm a data freak, right? So um, I love data. And so when the first group, the first or second group came through, I had a really great handle on how they were growing their Instagram. Not so much how our Instagram was growing, but I was focused on how their followers were increasing. And so I would give them an update. I think it was every six to nine months, I would give them an update on how, how they've grown. In terms of sales, I will post something. It's interesting. This happened with Shiny just recently. I will post something about our mane and tail conditioner. And I will have four or five girls immediately share it. And bing, 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 
bing. And I go and, and I look and, um, oh, I don't recognize, you know, not like I recognize names or anything, but I will say, hey, does anybody know this person? I just got a huge order from them. And they're like, oh my goodness, that's my friend's trainer's friend, aunt. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. Or they will call me or text me and say, hey, there's an order coming through. I just talked to somebody about blah, blah, blah. You know, and that and that has happened. It's also happened where the barn that they're at orders on a, you know, a barn account. So it has enhanced our business in a way that, again, I never, you know, and, and going back to the previous discussion, I was scared to do this program. I didn't want to babysit. I didn't want the added pressure on my plate. I was, you know, thinking of every reason to not do it. And we did it. And look what happened. You know, it turned out to be something that I'm super, super proud of. And I know that our business wouldn't look the way that it does if we didn't have this program. So now how often do you open it up to bring in new ambassadors? We normally did it every year. And then we needed some fresh ideas. So the team as a whole, it wasn't my decision. The team as a whole decided to open it up for another two to three people six months after we had done our last one. So it was biannually that we're going to start doing it. We've got a couple of girls going off into college. And again, they can stay on the ambassador team. I'm more than happy and they're more than welcome to be on the ambassador team. But I know that their plate is full with writing, especially if you're writing in college and education. And so the hole that they leave, no matter how big or small, needs to be filled by someone who isn't in college. And so we open it up every six months to new ambassadors. I like that because it does bring in fresh faces and then little bit of that turnover, sometimes bringing someone brand new in just like has a totally different outlook on things than the team. So it's Mm -hmm. definitely important. And I was able this past search, I was able to find someone. Surprisingly, we Maddie and I interviewed her and she didn't seem like an ambassador to me. She was very mature. I even I was like, how old are you? (laughs) Um, And sure, sure enough, she was, you know, 19 or 20, I think it was. And she just had a really great business mind. And I, I thought there's got to be more that I can that I can do with her, right? I wanted to create a role for her. So I did. And so she is in charge of our TikTok now. And our TikTok has taken off. And I don't know. I mean, I, I have it and I watch it, but I don't know the first thing about how to market on it. So she's just kicking butt and taking names. And I, I mean, again, if we didn't have this program, I wouldn't have her. So... Wow, that's a great testament to bringing in new faces and and what they're able to do. I'm going to have to get off. Once we get done recording today, I'm going to follow you on TikTok so I can see this great content. (laughs) (laughs) So on that subject, (laughs) and where can people find you online if they want to learn more about the Infused Equestrian? You can find the Infused Equestrian online on Instagram at the Infused Equestrian and then also on TikTok, the Infused Equestrian. Well, thank you so much for being here. It's been a great conversation today. I actually like, I'm so impressed by your ambassador program. So I'm so happy you shared about that. And I know that our earlier conversation will really resonate with um, recovering perfectionists like me who overthink everything. (laughs) (laughs) So really important discussion to have. And I thank you so much for being here. So much fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you're a horse business owner or equestrian professional, I'd love to invite you to continue the conversation in our free online community just for you. The Leadline Facebook community is a great space to network, get advice, and even recommend guests you'd like to hear on future episodes of the show. You can become a member by visiting theleadlinepodcast.com slash group. That's theleadlinepodcast.com slash group. And join the conversation today. I'm Mandy, and I'll see you next time.